0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6 and reading from verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 6 and reading from verse verse 1 the bible says the company of the prophets said to elijah look the place where we meet with you is too small for us so let us go to the jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place where f- there for us to meet and he said go and then one of them said no i won't you please come with your servants i will elijah replied and he went with them they went to the jordan began to cut down trees as one of them was cutting down a tree the iron accent fell into the water. Oh no, my lord! He cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, "Where did it fall?" When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there, and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. And then the man reached out his hand and took it. And so, Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here present today. I just pray that. Uh, you would speak to all of us lord god that this word would not just become more information father but it would become a revelation in our hearts bind every spirit of fear and intimidation just let there be freedom this morning i pray that your gifts be in operation even as i share lord god and father above all else that this word would 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 impact our hearts and lives father we recognize that it's not by might not by power but by my spirit lord god by your Spirit, will you speak? By your Spirit, will you heal? By your Spirit, Lord God, will you do something this morning that, Father, will enable us to walk out of this place, change, different. It was just a thought. It was an idea, a word that impacted our hearts and lives. We want to hear a word from you above all else, Lord God. Be glorified today. Let the enemy be put to shame, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, we're in a series entitled a miracle for you the purpose of the series is in the title and I want to encourage you to believe that God could move in your life that God could do something in your life that God could intervene in a miraculous way where God would do something in your life in my life where we would be able we would have to conclude that it was a miracle how many of us still believe that God does miracles today we kind of believe it and we say, God, I, I, w- I want to see that happen in my life and your life. Frank DiMaggio defines a miracle as a supernatural manifestation of divine power in our world, a special revelation of the power and the presence of God. How, how, how many would say I could do with a miracle this morning? How, how many could say, yeah, I, I, I could do with one? Mi-. How many could say I could do with a dozen? Actually, I could do with at least a dozen. I'm in the dozen category myself. I could name them one after the other, the miracles that I need in my life. What I wanna do with this series is really raise our faith levels. I, 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 want, I want us to believe that God could do. I know, I know that there's a lot of, you know, uh, kind of mindsets and mental blocks and, yeah, but what questions in our hearts and in our minds about about this whole subject. And I certainly don't wanna come across like I've got all the answers, but, but I want us to explore the Scriptures together and believe that who knows that God could actually move in our hearts and lives and that something extraordinary could happen in our lives where we would conclude and say that this was a miracle key verse for the series is the words of Jesus very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works of uh, that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Just a bit more far back, thanks. Because I am going to the Father. This scripture challenges me. It challenges me because Jesus said, hey listen, not only will you do the kind of miracles that I've been doing, but you will do even greater miracles because I'm going to the Father. Now, I don't understand all of that, but what I wanna do is I I wanna explore it, I wanna believe it, and I wanna believe that God is not gonna do miracles in another country, in another era, somewhere else. I wanna believe that God is gonna move in the miraculous in our own hearts and in our own lives and in amongst us as a church. Can I hear an amen? Amen. This morning, I wanna explore a particular miracle that we read in our text. Elijah has a ministry, School for the Prophets, and... um, the place, the place uh, where they were meeting is actually small. And they said, what if we go down to the Jordan and, uh, and cut down some trees and build a bigger place? Uh, so they start cutting down the trees and one of them has an ax head that falls in the river. He says, oh no, my Lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. Man of God said, where did it fall? Shows him the place gets a stick, throws it in that place, and the ax head begins to float. And then the man reaches out and takes it. Now on the surface, this is a pretty simple story about a guy that loses a borrowed ax head. Elijah performs a miracle, the ax head floats, tragedy is averted, and everybody's happy. And it's certainly, it's a great story and another great example of the miracle-working power of God, there is nothing that is impossible for God, for nothing is impossible for you, the Word of God says. And so here's another great example of that. But I believe there's a deeper message here in the story that I believe can speak to all of us. A key theme, I believe, of this story is the theme of loss. Key thought here is that God wants to help us recover that which we have lost in life. In life, we lose all sorts of things. We can lose our keys, uh, we can lose our glasses, I need my glasses to find my glasses we can lose our mind I've lost mine I don't know where it is it's got to be somewhere if you find it please return it back to me because I need it Um, but often when when we speak about loss we usually think about it in terms of death Uh, we lose a parent we lose a grandparent a spouse a child a family member a close friend and, and these are all considerable losses and I don't want to minimize them in any way, in any shape or form. William Shakespeare said, Everyone can master a grief, but he that has it. Everybody's an expert on, on problems and how to deal with problems until you experience that problem. Can I hear an amen? It's so easy to give advice, it's so easy to preach a sermon, but when you go through that situation or when you're going through that, it's quite another story. Loss, however, is not confined to death, it's much more pervasive. And it affects all of us much more than we think we can lose our health we can lose our marriage a business we can lose friends a job and the list goes on and on and on peter skatsera says this most of us in one or more moments of our lives experience catastrophic loss unexpectedly a family member dies A spouse has an affair. We find ourselves single again in a painful divorce or breakup. We are diagnosed with cancer. Our company suddenly downsizes and we find ourselves unemployed. Our child is born severely handicapped. A loyal friend betrays us. We experience infertility, miscarriages, broken friendships, mental illness, abuse in our childhoods, and they are all losses. When we lose something or someone we value, it has the potential to affect us deeply. Unresolved grief can be toxic for the soul. Unresolved grief has the, pa- the capacity to affect us deeply if it's not resolved. Bill Heibel says unthinkable percentages of people wind up in the ditches of alcoholism, drug abuse, workaholism, broken relationships, compulsive eating and spending habits, all seemingly driven by an inability to recover and rebuild their lives after an unexpected and devastating loss. Peter Scherzer also says, we will all face many deaths within our lives. The choice is whether these deaths will be terminal, crushing our spirit and life, or open us up to a new possibilities and depths in transformation in Christ. Here's the thing, no matter what kind of loss we've experienced or we experience in life, they all have some common elements. There is no way this thing is gonna be back. It's gone, it's finished, it's dead. One of the things about death which is which is so final, there is not a thing that you can do to be able to get that person back. It's finished, it's gone. There's There's absolutely nothing we can do to change that situation again. And maybe there are some of you here today, you've experienced incredible loss. It might be the loss of a loved one, but for some of you, it's something equally painful that you've experienced in your life. And as I'm talking about this, as I'm I'm speaking about loss, some of those things are coming into your mind, even as I'm speaking right now. When that happens, we lose hope because we think nothing's ever gonna change. Things will never be the same again. What's the point? I I, I will never get back which was lost. And here's the interesting thing. What can happen is we lose someone that we love, but at the same time, we lose a bunch of other things. We lose hope, we lose faith. we, we, We lose all kinds of things in our lives that are equally important. Most times, the only thing that can help us recover what was lost is a miracle. And that's where this story comes in. I want the accent to become whatever it is you've lost in your life. I, I want the accent to be whatever that thing is in your life that you have lost. I want to believe that you can recover whatever you've lost and that Joel, as Joel says in that, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts. I, I will restore to you the years that, that whatever that thing has taken from you that was lost. Now I'm not suggesting that your loved one is gonna come back. That's gonna happen one day in glory, in heaven. It's not gonna happen here. But what I am praying is that just as the ax head began to float, that somehow, someway, that, that, that the things that you've said, my life will never be the same again and it won't ever be the same again. But it doesn't mean that you have to die along with whatever it is that's, that's been lost in your life. That somehow you can recover that which was lost. So how do we deal with loss in our lives? Well, let me take some principles out of this story. Um, The first thing that we need to do is accept the loss. Bible says that one of them was cutting down a tree and he says, notice he says, oh no, my Lord, he cried out, I was borrowed. Can you imagine how this guy was feeling? Um, can, can, can Can you just imagine those feelings that he has right there at that moment? Anyone ever borrowed something from someone and it broke down or you lost it, scratched it? Anyone ever lent something to someone and it's never come back? Come on. Maybe that person is here in church right now, sitting in your row. Just a little glance over there. Mm. <laughs> or you've, uh, you've, uh, you've lent something and it's come back in a different shape, broken. It's that awkward thing, what do you do? Do you tell them, not tell them? <sighs> For us, an ax head is nothing. I mean, just go to Bunnings, buy a new one, and, and we're done. But back in Bible times, the ax head was actually rare and extremely valuable. And you can imagine the dread in this, guy's, in, this, in, the, in, in this guy's heart, the feeling of terror. What am I gonna do? I should never have borrowed it. I should have been more careful. What, what was I thinking? If ever we're gonna deal with the losses of life, we need to, first of all, accept the loss. Acknowledge the loss and express the emotions attached to the loss. Now I know that kind of sounds redundant and Pastor Joe, you've been on holidays for a couple of weeks and, and you've rested and, and is this the best you've got? I mean, seriously, I mean, this, this is what, you know, what were you doing during your holidays, you know? Um, I, I know this kind of sounds kind of redundant and simple to understand, but a lot of people, when they go through a loss, they deny the reality of it. They push their feelings down. They blame others. They explain the pain away, pretend everything's fine. And all that does is increases the pain in our lives. All that does is is, is make the, the pain even worse. Ecclesiastes says, there is a time to mourn. There is a time to rejoice and there's a time to be happy, experience peace. But there is a time in our life where we need to mourn and we need to reflect and we need to stop. Uh, there's a great movie out called uh, Inside Out. Anybody ever seen Inside Out? It's a it's a um, it's a cartoon movie, all right. But 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 don't don't shy away from it. It's an amazing movie, and it's about these emotions, these five emotions: uh, anger, fear, joy. Uh, adju- sadness. Yeah, I know the sadness one. Uh, I think uh, there's envy or something. I don't know. There's five, five emotions and the kind of the emotions in the, in, in the person's, in the child's head and they're talking to each other. And, you know, we all want to be joyful and sadness is always rejected. Sadness wants to be pushed. I don't want to lose it for you. I don't want to, I don't want to kind of give you the end, uh, but it's, it's just an awesome movie worth watching. And, you know, no one wants sadness, but kind of for me, the story is, you know, sadness has a place in our life as well. It's a time where we stop. It's a time where we reflect. Paul says to the Thessalonians, we grieve, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. But nevertheless, we do grieve. It's okay to grieve when we lose someone. When we lose someone, we need to give ourselves permission to grieve the lost marriage, the lost childhood, the lost relationship with a parent. We grew up with a parent that was completely absent and, and we lost something. We lost something in our childhood. We lost a, 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 a child who was disabled, the infertility, lost business, investment. Some of us need to identify our loss and give ourselves submission to feel the feelings of pain. So many of us have kind of boxed loss into someone dying, but loss is much, much more pervasive. And as we reflect in our lives, we'll understand that there's a bunch of things that we've lost and a bunch of things that we need to learn to grieve. Stop and think and acknowledge. It's never coming back, it's dead. And that hurts. Oh no, my Lord, I cried. It was borrowed, it's gone now. Jesus is about to face the cross. He's about to experience an incredible loss. He's gonna lose his life, disciples. His own father's gonna turn his back on him. The nation of Israel want him crucified. They're shouting, crucify him. And Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and He says to His disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Notice what Jesus doesn't say because Jesus knows He's about to be crucified. He knows that He's gonna be thrown into a cave and then three days later, He's gonna rise from the dead. But notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, well, in three days time, victory. He expresses the pain He's feeling We can talk about mental health, but we will never experience that. While we suppress difficult emotions, deny painful feelings, we need to respect the process of grief. We need to respect the process of grief. In Anglo-Western cultures, we don't understand the value of grief. Grief is usually an interruption to our busy schedule. Let's hurry up, let's get on with it, let's deal with this as quickly as we can, and let's move on, let's get back onto the treadmill, back on the rat race. But in some cultures, there's a process people go through to deal with grief. In many European cultures, the, women, the, uh, the woman whose husband has died, she wears black for a period of time to tell people that she's in a time of grief. Hey, listen, I'm going through a grief stage. Don't, don't. I can't do what I was doing before. I can't, I can't uh, uh, do the things I was doing. I'm going through a time of grief. Don't expect too much out of me right now. People sometimes think that To be a good Christian means going through big losses, tough times, and not grieving at all. Oh, we just get through by the grace of God. It is true. We will get through by the grace of God. That's the truth. But in order to get us through, there is a time where we grieve. I don't know where that idea comes from because it certainly doesn't come from the Bible. Jesus knows that Lazarus is about to rise from the dead. He knows, he knows, he knows that's why he was there. But the Bible says, Jesus wept. What a beautiful verse jesus wept if we're going to experience the miracle of getting back what was lost it begins with accepting the loss second thing we need to do is cry out to god notice the scriptures as one of them was cutting down a tree the iron axe head fell into the water Oh no, my lord he cried out it was borrowed notice that the man cries out to elijah elijah was a man of god and as a picture of god for us in our own lives what do you do when you've experienced loss You first acknowledge the loss, accept the reality of it, you call it out, you grieve with others, you give yourself permission to feel the feelings of pain. And you allow others to grieve with you and encourage you. That's why the church exists. What I love about the church, it's a place where we can encourage each other in our time of grief. We don't have to grieve alone. Paul says to the Corinthians, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Listen, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I tell you, the best comfort that we can receive is from someone who's gone through exactly what we've been going through. It's so easy for us to become theoretical about situations and circumstances, but when someone who's gone through exactly what we've been through encourages us, it's deeper, it's more real. Can I I hear an amen? Now, I believe very strongly that there's a a place for us to be encouraged by the body of Christ. That's why we exist. All of us need two or three people around us that will help us in our time of need. Like Moses, Aaron and Her. You know, Moses is getting tired and they're helping him lift his hands. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he's not alone. He's with Peter, James and John. I believe in the body of Christ encouraging us. That's why I love the church. That's why I believe in the power of the church. The greatest thing that we can do with our sorrow, pain and tears is bring it into the presence of God. Most of the Psalms of of the lament are just that. It's the Psalmist expressing their pain to God. And in so doing, God, God, God deals with their tears, God deals with their pain. Psalm 42 is one of those psalms as a deer pants, for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? I say to God, my rock, you ha- why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, as my foes taught me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Many of you know the psalm and notice, this is not the psalmist, it's not David doing really well. This is not David that conquered giants, won battles. This is David going through a difficult season in his life. Kinds of seasons we go through. And notice, and notice what, what David does with it, he doesn't hide it, he doesn't mask his feelings, he expresses it to God. He says to God, just like this deer is panting for water, I'm in a really difficult situation. I just want you, oh God. I just need you, oh God. I remember how I used to kill giants. But things have changed. My life is falling apart. My enemies are winning. And you don't seem to be doing anything. So like a deer that is desperate for water, I'm desperate for you, oh God. That's what lament looks like. The Psalms of Lament remind us that the deepest, our deepest feelings should not be stuffed inside of us, but, nor should they be covered up, but they should be expressed in the presence of God. They should be expressed in the presence of God. That these pre-reflective outbursts belong to the, in the presence of God. The presence of God is the safest place where we can talk about what's happening inside of us. The presence of God is the safest place where we can ask our deepest questions. God is never offended by your question or your feelings or your thoughts. God is, God is never offended by any of that. He already knows what we're thinking anyway. It's no use, you know, King Jamesing, you know, your language. Oh, thou, oh dearest Godest, thouest. Oh, is that King James Joe? Yeah, that's King James. Oh, I'm so impressed. You're so good. Keep talking. God wants to hear what's happening inside of our hearts because it's there that God does some of his greatest work in shaping the human heart. So often we wanna just speed through the grieving process. Let's get get on with it and let's let's, let's just get on, let's get on to the next phase, but what we need to do is wait. In the Old Testament, sometimes grieving would, would last for weeks and even months. And kind of God was leading them through the process of grief. And we need to resist the temptation to just get back to normal as quick as possible. We just need to learn to just wait before God. So what what do you do with your grief? You acknowledge it and then you bring it before God. Because as we do that, it's, it's where we slow down, where we review the loss, talk about it, think about it, write about it, wrestle with it. It's not easy to do. But it's so important because it's where God does some of his greatest work in shaping the human heart. It's where our soul is emptied with superficiality. It's where our souls are transformed. It's where we lose control and learn to depend on God. So so many of us are sorry, oh, I'm talking about myself. I'm in control, A, B, and C, I've got it all under control. If I do this, then this is gonna happen Often it's the tragedies that remind us that we're human. And and I, I just, I just you know, what's really interesting, I, I go back to the scripture in James where, where James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you go through trials of many kinds. And you know, it's, it's a terrible scripture. I don't, I don't understand how you can experience joy in the midst of trials, but, but, but uh, you know, when you're going through it, you don't experience joy. But as you go back and reflect on it, you know, you look back on it and you go, you know what? I don't wanna say this too loud. And I don't even wanna say it too loud here. But I wanna say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through that because it's done something in me. It's changed me for the better. It's where our soul is emptied of superficiality. I don't wanna be a superficial person. You know someone who's been wounded. You know someone who's been hurt deeply and they've got to the other side of it. That's the kind of people I wanna spend time with. How does that happen? I tell you how it happens often. We go through some deep wounds, some deep losses, and and we wrestle with it and we fight with it in the presence of God, and then God does something. It's where we come face to face with our limitations and we learn to rely on God. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not my will, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven it's about reflecting back to god it's about saying you know what god cuz so often we think we're all powerful i got my future organized i got i got you know retirement under control my supers on track and everything's on track and everything's on track and i got everything under control and then tragedy hits and it reminds us that we're not in control reminds us that we're limited reminds us that if we have anything, it's because of the grace of God. It's because of the favor of God. It reminds us to depend on God. It's about the fear of God, not being scared of God, but respecting and honoring God. Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understanding that God is above every circumstance and that he's in control is where wisdom begins. All of us in some area of our life have a deep need for God. Like a deer painting for some water, you're looking for God. So we accept the loss, we cry out to God and then position ourselves for a miracle. And we cry out to God for a reason. We cry out to God, not just because we wanna pour out our hearts to God. That's really important. It's a place where we can pour out our hearts to God and tell God exactly what we're feeling. But there's more to it than that. If you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that God is sovereign and you know that God is a good God. And you cry out to God because you know that the loss was no surprise to God. God wasn't shocked by the loss. He, 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 wasn't, he, was, he didn't catch God by surprise. God didn't go in heaven. What, what happened? Did that happen? Are you serious? Gabriel, where are you? Get in my office right now. We're out at this god god is not in heaven guy oh my goodness look what's happened so often we can be so overwhelmed by the loss that we can't see it for what it is and the reason why we cry out to god if you're a true believer of god there are people that will conclude because of the loss. well god is god god doesn't exist He is not a good God and they'll walk away from God. Turn their back on God and walk away from God. But for those of us that have been following God for year after year after year, we know that God is a good God. We know that He's in control, but we just don't understand what we're going through. And so what do we do? Well, we have exactly the same questions as this other person, but rather than turning away from God, we bring those questions into the presence of God. And we say, God, I I, I don't understand what's happening but I know you're sovereign, I know you're good. And I don't, help me, help me to see this situation with your eyes, Lord God. Yes, we can ask questions, we can get angry, we can cry, we can out our hearts to God, but the real cry of the heart is God, what do you wanna do with this? Lord, this did not catch you by surprise. Lord, you were not shocked when this happened. Help me to see it with your eyes, with the eyes of eternity. Help me to step back from it and help me to begin to see this. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I so that I can get your perspective. Prayer is not so much about us speaking to God. Prayer is about God speaking to us. Prayer is not so much about us speaking to God, it's about God speaking to us. And that's where the miracle happens. Man of God asked, where did it fall? Showed him the place. Elijah gets a stick and he throws it there and the ax head floats. So often when we experience loss, we think it's the end. We think our life will never be the same again. We, we, we lose hope and we don't even want the, uh, we don't want to hope because there's no hope. It's finished, it's gone. The reality is things will never be the same again. But if we go through the process of grief successfully, in due season, it will produce life. Something will start to grow that wasn't there before. In order for a plant to, we want the plant, we want the tree, we want the fruit. But in order for that plant and fruit to grow, a seed needs to die. A seed needs to die. It's only when that seed dies that something can begin to grow. something that was never there before joseph's been sold by his brothers imagine the pain one painful thing after another pours out his heart to god 13 years of wait 13 years of waiting 13 years of waiting just hanging on to god and then the miracle within 24 hours he's the second in charge in egypt job has experienced the greatest loss of his life children work he's lost he's lost everything every single thing he's got nothing left he's even lost his health His dignity, his respect, he's he's thrown away. His friends have left him, despised him. He's on his own. And he grieves and he argues and he wrestles with God. And then he gets a fresh revelation from God. The Bible says the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. So often when we think about our losses, we think about what's died in our life. We think it's the end, there's no future, nothing's ever gonna be the same again. And all of that is true, but if we go through the process of grief, if we invite the Holy Spirit, who is the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us, into the process of grieving, that loss in due season has the capacity to float back up to the surface. It has the capacity to produce something that could never have been produced apart from the loss. And when you look at it, when you when you when you look back on it and it might take some time but when you look back on it you'll look back and say that was a miracle it was a miracle I got through that now I, 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 I recognize and acknowledge that this sermon is so easy to preach and some of the losses that you've experienced are so deep and profound um, You know, sometimes when I speak a message like this, I almost feel, um, I I, I feel like it's, you know, it's disrespectful almost. Um, It's not acknowledging some of the the depth of pain that some people have experienced. And I certainly don't want to belittle the pain that some of you have experienced in your lives. But I want to preach the word. And I want to preach hope. And I want to preach faith. Because I believe that the God that we serve is still a God of miracles. And and, and no matter how deep we have gone and no matter how hard it is and no matter how how painful what we've been through is, I still believe in the God of miracles. I still believe that God can do something in that spot by his grace and for his glory. Because ultimately it is the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. It's grace is the ability to do things we could not do on our own. It's the grace of God that will help us go through those stages. It's the, help, it's the grace of God that helps us acknowledge and, 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 and express those feelings. It's the grace of God that helps us to see something in there that cannot be seen. There's another great story in the Bible about David and a loss he experienced. David and his mighty men were living in a place called Ziklag. They had gone out to fight with the Philistines. Philistines didn't want them. They sent them back home. And when they got home, they found all their children and wives were taken. The Amalekites had gone through and taken their wives and children. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. You ever wept so loud that you had no strength to weep anymore? And they were so angry with David, they talked about killing him. David's own wives and children had been taken. So what did David do? Well, David could have got angry. The Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's just beautiful. He could not find strength from those around him. So he went into the presence of God and strengthened himself And all of us need to find a secret place where it's just us and God. It's a hiding place. Because there is a place where we can meet with God and find strength. And David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God, says the King James. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue? What do you want me to do with this loss, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? shall i overtake them he answered pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all david did and he not only recovered all that was taken but even more i don't know what you've lost in your life i don't know what the axe head represents in your life it's gone and you can't get it back And you need to choose or to stay in the place of misery and despair. Spend the rest of your lives in regret, disappointment, resentment, self-pity, oh, poor me. And you've got every reason to stay there for the record, just for the record. You've got every single reason to stay there. We can accept the loss, pour out our hearts to God, And believe for a miracle because I believe God is still a miracle working God because here's what I believe listen carefully here's what I believe God can still bring dead things back to life we're gonna take communion in just a moment communion reminds us of many things It reminds us that God still brings dead things back to life now please I'm not suggesting that your loved one is gonna come back Maybe one day in glory, in heaven, we'll, we'll, we'll meet again with them in heaven. But along with them, it doesn't mean that everything else has to die in your life. Domino effects of, of one person passing away. And there's this domino effect of all these other things that we lose. God is still bringing dead things back to life. And that in that place, something could grow that could bless many. As Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, saving of many lives. Worship team, come. We're going to stand together. The uh, team are going to distribute the bread and the cup. As they do, uh, just hold them in your hand. And we're going to take communion together in just a moment. If you're online, if you're watching the service today, just as we're singing, I want to encourage you to um, just grab some, uh, uh, some juice or some, some bread as we uh, prepare to take communion together today. Thank you.